on this second Sunday of Advent. We're so pleased that you have joined us on Facebook. And as you can see, I'm surrounded by God's creativity and human creativity that will go to helping others. As is our custom here at Emmanuel, all throughout the year, friends, strangers, parishioners, knit scarves for our Jubilee members. And as always, on the first uh, Sunday in December, these are brought in and blessed. Now we have many more scarves at home, but we've together knitted over 500 scarves for this year. So congratulations and thank you to everyone who contributed. And now if you will pause and bless with me these scarves. May God's grace be upon these scarves, warming, comforting, enfolding, and embracing. May they be a safe haven, a sacred place of security and well-being, sustaining and embracing in good times as well as difficult. May the one who receives this scarf be cradled in hope, kept in joy, graced with peace, and wrapped with love. Amen. Just a couple of other announcements. Wednesdays via Zoom, we have our continue with our uh, Advent study series on the stories surrounding the birth of Jesus. So I hope that you will join us. There will be a link that will come out on Monday in your weekly email. Also, Lessons and Carols is December 20th at four o'clock on Facebook. And our service of Blue Christmas is the 21st, which is the longest night at seven o'clock on Facebook. So however and whenever you can worship with us, we are so glad that you are here. And now let us together come and bless our Lord. Amen. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Straight in the desert, a highway for our God. The word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the regions around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of Isaiah, words of, the words of the prophet, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Oh, come, oh, come, thou Lord of might, who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times didst give the law, in cloud and majesty and awe. Rejoice, rejoice! Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou branch of Jesse's tree, free them from Satan's tyranny, that trust thy mighty power to save and give them victory o'er the grave. 
Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us all our sins, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name, amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, and cry to her that she served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all the people see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion. Herald of good tidings, lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem. Herald of good tidings, lift it up, do not fear, say to the cities of Judah. Here is your God. See the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd he will gather the lambs to his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Here ends the lesson. I will read a portion of Psalm 85, verses 1 through 2 and 8 to 13. You have been gracious to your land, O Lord. You have restored the good fortune of Jacob. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people and blotted out all their sins. I will listen to what the Lord is saying, for he is speaking peace to his faithful people and to those who turn their hearts to him. Truly his salvation is very near to those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring up from the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. 
The Lord will indeed grant prosperity, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and peace shall be a pathway for his feet. lesson is from the book of Mark. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will pre prepare your way. 
the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Here ends the lesson. There was an article in Sunday's New York Times style section about hermits. And of course, we often think of hermits as being rough and people that don't bathe or shave. They live in little hovels in the hills. They keep to themselves and are afraid of people. But that's not what hermits are in the 21st century. Hermits have a community. And there's a couple in North Carolina. He was a Catholic priest and she was a Christian educator in the Catholic Church, married and they became hermits. But not hermits in the sense that I was just speaking about how we think of John the Baptist as wild and crazed, but rather they live a life of meditation. They live simply. They have an online community that people have been drawn to in the past eight months where they found sustenance and solace, a kind word, a guided meditation. Hermits are people who decide not to leave society, but to leave society on their own terms. And usually those terms are to live a simple life, to live a life where they can read and meditate and not be concerned with all the trappings of what we have in our own lives. They often take menial jobs so that they can think about all of the things that they're accomplishing by praying for others. It's a far cry from the hermit that we think of as John the Baptist. We think of him as living out in the desert all by himself or the wilderness, that he has little human contact. So when he does come, He's frightening, but people are drawn to him. They can't figure out what it is about this man that they want to know more about. They follow his voice down to the River Jordan and are baptized, and that baptism changes them. They're no longer the people that they were before, and that's what baptizo in the Greek means, changed. So John is changing people's lives. His act of baptism is a reenactment of the Exodus and walking through the river when the Israelites walked across the River Jordan. And John is recreating that walk, but this time with a plunge under the water and a new life when they rise out. We think of baptism as something, a milestone in most people's lives. 
that it's something that we want to do so that we can be marked as Christ's own forever. That we know who we are because we belong to someone, someone bigger than ourselves. Our parents literally hand us over to the church so that we can become faithful Christians and followers of Jesus. Of course, they are give, the child is given back to the parents to raise, but it's always known that this person is special in God's eyes, just as we all are. That's the good news that John is talking about, and that is the good news which Mark is, starts off his gospel with. As I said last week, those are the first words in Mark. The good news according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And N.T. Wright writes, what is your definition? And asks the question, what is your definition of good news? If somebody was sitting in a restaurant and a friend burst in and yelled, guess what? I have great news. N.T. Wright says it could be anything. The great news could be that the person's child who was had a fatal disease is going to have, be cured, or that the town that was slowly ebbing away because of loss of jobs and loss of wages and loss of factories suddenly gets a new life when a new company comes into town and promises jobs. Or he even says it could be that your favorite football team has just won the World Cup. And that's good news indeed, he said. You see, good news means different things to different people. And good news means that we, in this time of Advent, are waiting with hope and expectation. We're waiting for the birth of Jesus again, but not just the birth of a baby, the birth of a whole new way of life. Jesus will teach us and his followers, what it means to follow God, what it means to love God right up until the very end. We don't think about that at the beginning of the Gospels. We don't think about what each Gospel means, but each Gospel is a long story of crucifixion with a resurrection at the end. Yes, it may not seem like that, but that's really what the Gospels are all about. From the beginning of each of them, we know what is going to happen. We know that Jesus is going to die, and we know that he is going to rise again. And that is the good news. That is the good news that N.T. Wright is talking about. It's deeper than your favorite football team winning the World Cup. It's deeper than the factory that's coming to town. It means that we are never forgotten and never forsaken. That the idea of being lonely and lost is abolished. And when we think about it, that's what Advent is all about. The new beginning that we will have with the birth of this child. And when John reenacts the Israelites crossing the River Jordan in the act of baptism, what he is really reminding us of is we have the ability 
to walk through our tragedies and our worst moments and embrace hope, joy, peace, and love. All of the things that make Advent, Advent, all of the things that make Christmas, Christmas, and all of the things that make us Christians. Amen. Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Merciful God, who sent your messengers the prophet to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation. Give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
And now let us gather up all our prayers and concerns as we pray for all that we know and all the people throughout the world. Dear God, we pray with faith in the power of your presence. Today in the hope which Advent brings for the creation of a new vision, expectations and possibilities for us and our world. In our wildest, most daring dreams of peace in the world, we pray for the welfare and safety of all your people, nations and religions, living with tolerance, respect and equality for, and freedom for all. For Emmanuel Parish, those whose efforts sustain the, our church, our Bishop Lee and our presiding Bishop Michael Curry, and all churches of God throughout the world. We pray for your guidance and blessings. We pray for healing as you know is needed for those in unbearable circumstances, the homeless, the prisoners, the fearful, those who are threatened or captive. We pray for those in sickness and those on our parish prayer list, especially the children and families of Emmanuel, Dale, Ellen, Kevin, Larry, Mary, Marianne, Nick, Owen, Patrick, Rich, Sam, Sean, Alan, and for our families, friends, and neighbors. We pray for those celebrating birthdays, especially Jody, Bruce, Linnea, Noel, Sybil, Alan, Kay, Ruth, David, Tammy, and those who are celebrating their anniversaries. And we also give thanks for the granddaughter born to Alan and Barry Gibby. We pray for those who have died, especially John, Phyllis, Toshia, those who hold in our hearts and those who have gone before us to your heavenly throne. And let us now gather up all those prayers and concerns and pray as our Savior has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May Almighty God, by whose providence our Savior Christ came among us in great humility, sanctify you with the light of his blessing and set you free from all sin. Amen. May he whose second coming in power and great glory we await make you steadfast in faith, joyful in hope, and constant in love. Amen. May you who rejoice in the first advent of our Redeemer at his second advent be rewarded with never-ending life. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forevermore. Amen.